Hi, Creative. It's Lauren here. I just want to remind you that if you love the podcast, the best way to support the show is by leaving it a rating and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Actually, Spotify just started accepting ratings. So go ahead and rate it on there and tell all your friends to do it because it's super simple. It takes literally one second. I mean, maybe four seconds, but it's really quick. And uh, another great way to support the show is by sharing it with a friend or posting about it on social media. If you do post it on social media, tag me at Lauren LaGrasso and at Unleash Your Inner Creative, and I will repost to share my gratitude. And remember to tag the guests too so they can also share. Okay, now let's get to the show. Have you ever gone home for Christmas? I have. In fact, I'm here right now. And I have two of the most creative people on earth. So creative that they created me. Oh, yes. It's my parents, Joanne and Mike LaGrasso, and they're back for the third annual Unleash Christmas Spectacular. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Creative with Lauren LaGrasso. I'm Lauren LaGrasso. I'm an award-winning podcast host and producer, singer-songwriter, and multi-passionate creative. And this show is meant to give you tools to take fear out of the driver's seat, claim your right to creativity, and love, trust, and know yourself enough to pursue whatever it is that's on your heart. And today, we're really just here to make you laugh, warm your heart, and have a damn good time because I'm here with my amazing parents, Joanne and Mike LaGrasso. Hello, family. Hi, Hi. honey. Hello, Glad everyone. Glad to be on the show. <laughs> okay, so we had a little moment right before this started. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> as I've said and stated, this is our third annual Unleashed Christmas Spectacular. And, you know, as I first stated, like about a week ago, I was going to have this recording with you both at 3 p.m. <laughs> and, you know, 3 p.m. rolls around, 3.15 rolls around. 325 rolls around. I go, Mom, when do you think you're going to be ready? She goes, oh, I thought it was only three. (laughs) (laughs) And so long story short, it's now 401. And we're just now recording, which is gorgeous. We love to see it. But, you know, what it really matters is we're all here and we all love each other. Mom, I do have to ask you, though, what what do you think makes it so hard for you just to, like, have an internal clock at all? (laughs) Honestly, I really don't know. I feel like I have more time than than I do to get ready. And I think I was feeling extra pressure today because I feel like last year's show was pretty good, pretty funny, and I feel like it's a lot to live up to. And I was getting very nervous, and I sort of know how, you know, you feel or, you know, actors feel or oh, actresses yeah. feel when, you know, you're about to perform. Like, you know, you you want to make sure you live up to what everyone expects, and that's a very, you know, difficult thing to do. <laughs> so, okay, so you were just, you were feeling a little in your head because you wanted to maintain the star quality that you brought to the table year <laughs> after year, and you were feeling the immense pressure. You were feeling, Thank would you. you say that fear was in the driver's seat, and that maybe you were yeah. avoiding sitting down to record because you were scared, yeah. and, and in order to talk now, you had to take fear out of the driver's seat. What are your tips to do that? Take fear out of the driver's seat? I guess you just have to be yourself and have fun. And not worry about anything else. Just be yourself. Authenticity. Plus the fact that my internal clock is always, you know, thinking I have more time to get ready than I do. And that's something I diligently need to continue to work on. Yeah, I guess just be yourself, (laughs) be authentic, and let it all roll. (laughs) So um, on that subject, I've I've looked at, uh, read some of the reviews on Unleash and I think mom and I have had uh, pretty good reviews. <laughs> oh, so, yes. Uh, so the expectations get a little bit higher on each visit. And yeah. Maybe that pressure built uh, for mom. But I agree with her. I think 
each experience is unique. We just have to go with it and have fun while we're doing it. Mm -hmm. And hopefully uh, the good outcome will come from just being ourselves. Yeah. Well, now what does being yourself mean to you? Like, what does that feel like in practice? Who do you think you are? Like, literally, what is the most Mikeyest Mike and Joanniest Joanne? For me, it's just being honest <laughs> and uh, hoping you come up with something uh, good and creative and that we can play off each other and uh, bring the story. I know sometimes when I tell a story, I get a little uh, counterpoint from from mom or even from you <laughs> that uh, maybe I didn't quite recall the story exactly as it went down. So it's always good when we collaborate, the three of us, uh, to get the story uh, in a way that uh, tells the whole story. And it's pretty entertaining at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to add something. Okay. Because when you're asking me why I was feeling a little more apprehensive today, and uh-huh. um, uh, some of it also is because I feel like I'm having a bad hair day or not as quite good of a hair day. And I didn't have, I couldn't find my favorite comb to use. <laughs> and Mike Lagrasso brought me a different comb. And I don't know where. Literally, it, how dare he? I don't know where it had been or where it was, but I did not want to use it. So I had to use the tools I had at hand, which were not everything that I would have hoped that I would have. So basically for you, being yourself means having the right comb. (laughs) This is the answer I just gathered. Well, having the right comb, having the right makeup, having the right, you know, tools to get ready. What is Joanne without the aesthetic, though? What's the most Joanniest Joanne outside of the aesthetic and the comb, which we get? It's a vital piece. Well, you know, like when I wake up in the morning and I have my hair in a ponytail and my glasses on, that would be the Joanniest Joanne you could get. <laughs> but on the inside, Mom. Oh, on the inside. <laughs> well, on the inside, I mean, I want to treat everyone with kindness. I want people to treat me with kindness. I want the people that I love to know how much I love them how much I appreciate them. Uh, I want you and dad and all the people I love to know that I love and appreciate you more than I can even express and uh, that I thank God for you. And that's, you know, deep within me. And I feel that about my family and my friends. Yeah. But what's something that's just very you, like outside of other people? In regard to... Life. Life. I can answer I, that. I, I worry a lot. Go ahead. What were you going to say, honey? No, I would say like the best, funniest thing about you is how you don't really show it on the podcast as much, but you're very funny and irreverent. Like the youiest <laughs> you to me is when she drops the Catholic schoolgirl act and really admits like she's going to make a funny joke or she's going to say something off color or like, you know, let her boobs hang free under her shirt. And like that to me, that's the Joannius Joanne outside of like how like Glennon Doyle talks about being tamed by society outside of how society has tamed you. Like the Joannius Joanne to me is when you're being funny as hell and not worrying how other people perceive you. That is so true. Yes, yes. Well, I do worry about what other people think. And I don't want to, you know, scar people when they think that I don't have any of these, like, say if I, you know, I don't, people think that I might not swear well. Okay. Or or use, you know. We're not at a Miss America pageant right now. You don't have to be proper. I can just mark it explicit and you can say fuck if you want. No, no. But I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to disappoint people because, you know, I mean. 
you know, some people have a certain image of me, and it, basically the image they have is correct, except sometimes I can be a little irreverent and, uh, you know, let it all hang out. We're all and- many things. We contain <laughs> multitudes. Yeah. So, okay. Well, we got we got a pretty clear picture. For Joanne, the most Joannious Joanne is Combs. Uh, then also loving everybody immensely and making sure they know that. And then behind the scenes, being a little funny and irreverent and, and joking. And she, my mom's literally one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life. So, okay, we're going to get into some Christmassy questions. You ready? Yep. Yep. How does it feel to have me home? I'm so happy and so excited to have you so close by. Just, I cried yesterday when you walked, when you started walking up the walkway, you know, I couldn't wait to give you a hug and it just makes me so happy to have you home. Mm-hmm. I just love you so much and I, I thank God so for much. you and I just cherish you and just love our time together and I'm just so happy that you're here. And to me well, too. Let me add, to me too. I, I love having Lauren home. She brings a lot of excitement <laughs> to our home. We, what kind of excitement? Um, just you're always uh, on top of uh, asking more questions, getting us to think about our ourselves and our lives and uh, what we enjoy. And, you know, it just I think more about what's important when, when you're home. Uh, mm-hmm. It just uh, makes me feel more alive and uh, I like doing things with you and Tim and Mom. And it just, it's just fun when you're home because it creates a sense of excitement uh, that – just mom and I, we try to create uh, our own level of excitement, but uh, I think having you home sort of completes the circle. Mom, what? You're afraid people are going to think something dirty? What? I don't know what Who people cares? are going to think. And I don't know what exactly he meant, but anyway. He, he means I, that you guys have your own lives. You know, you since you're empty nesters now, yeah. you found a way to connect and create your own lives together. Yeah. But when I come home, it kind of completes the puzzle in a different way that wasn't completed before. A new dynamic. A new dynamic. Yep. For yes. me personally, I love coming home because I it's the only time in my whole life that I feel completely safe is when I'm oh, with the two of you so and home. I feel completely safe. I feel completely myself, especially when Timmy's here. Like, it's just like, it yeah. feels so complete. And it just, I honestly always say, like, I love reentering the womb. It's my favorite thing. Oh. <laughs> well, that's so beautiful. And it, you know, it does feel complete when you're home. And I do feel like, you know, part of me is missing when you're not around. And yeah. we're not together. And um, you just add so much, you know, you just put so much love in the house and so much joy and so much laughter and fun. And it, you know, like you said, it just makes everything complete. The the best part of uh, the COVID era was having Lauren home and uh, enjoying our daily walks and, you know, dinner together and just all the, the family time that we had together. It was amazing. I mean, I was just telling somebody in a meeting today, I was like, you know, There's nothing like I hate to say it because it's I don't take away from any of the terrible things that were going on. But like 2020 was one of the best years of my life because I got to spend it with the two of you. And like all I had to do was work and do my music and do my podcast and be with you and eat meals with you like it's time that I'm so grateful for. And I didn't have any FOMO. FOMO is fear of missing out because no one was doing anything. Like all I had to do is be present and be here with you. And it was like that time was so invaluable and like we'll never get it back. But that was so unbelievably well, special. We, we missed the, the weekly Instagram live uh, concerts that Lauren did, you know. Yeah, I might we, do we one when that, I'm home. Music in our home uh, without her here. Yeah, maybe I'll do one when I'm home. Could be really fun. That'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely miss seeing the two of you so much. I did want to ask you a question, though, because like we mentioned, my boyfriend's here with me. And that was something up until Timmy. I never brought any 
loved one home with me, <laughs> uh, any significant other. What was that like? And like, how did, how, yeah, what was that like the first time I brought Timmy home? And what would be your advice for other people whose kids are bringing home their, their significant other for the first time or for someone who's bringing home their significant other for the first time? Well, it was wonderful when you brought Timmy home because I know, you know, I, I knew and I know how much the two of you care about each other and love each other. And so we were, you know, happy to have Timmy here with us and uh, happy to welcome him into our home. And we wanted to, you know, him to feel like family. And we, you know, I think, you know, we, we definitely, you know, treated him like family and we mm-hmm. wanted him to feel at home. And I've told him, you know, our house is your house. And I think that would be the advice to give to everyone is just treat that special someone, significant other, just like their family and welcome them into your home and tell them that our home is your home. Everything works out perfectly. Well, it was very nice because we had met Timmy prior to him coming home with you for Christmas for over Thanksgiving, uh, just prior. And um, Tim made a very good first impression on me because uh, Lauren and I enjoyed a uh, <laughs> a vacation in the uh, Bahamas um, yeah. one time. And Amaretto was a big part of uh what made that vacation so memorable. And Tim, on the first time we met, presented me with a bottle of Amaretto, which to me was got us off to a great start. Yeah. And uh, we just had a really, really nice time uh, over Thanksgiving. So that just uh, was a nice little uh, bridge to both he and Lauren coming home. And uh, we first made it very clear. We wanted to make a very clear, you know, what to call us because sometimes it gets awkward. We're not quite <laughs> mom and dad yet, uh, you know, so we so we made sure that uh, he could use our first name and he took us up on that. And then the other thing was we just wanted to make sure that he knew that our house was his house and uh, for him to be very, very comfortable just treating this as home. Yeah, and you guys did such a good job. I mean, even down to you got Timmy a stocking, you made sure that he had his share of presents. <laughs> you always were asking him if he wanted anything to eat or drink. Like, he really just did a beautiful job making him feel at home and like making me feel so comfortable. And he really does fit in so well. Like For it being a unit of the three of us, yeah. to come into that's pretty tough because we've definitely got our own language going and our own yeah. dialogue. But like, I want to tell you both something that I don't know if I ever shared with you. But last year when I woke up on Christmas with Timmy, it was the first time in my life that I ever woke up with a buddy on Christmas. Like I, my whole life, because I'm an only child, I never yeah. had any other oh. peer to experience yeah. Christmas with and to like see the wonder in their eyes. And I was like, I can't believe like I found someone to share this yeah. moment with because I always love sharing Christmas with the two of you, but it's very different to share it with your parents than it is to share it with a peer. And it was like, I don't know. It's just like this feeling of like, a little loneliness that I felt over experiencing Christmas by myself all those years was like you got to filled. Share it with somebody, yeah. yeah, like to get to share it with somebody who is your peer and like yeah. the love of your life. It's just like really amazing. Mm-hmm. So I'm very grateful that you created such a loving experience so that he could come into it and and I could have my buddy here. I do love that. And I do remember you did yeah. you did share that last year and I love that. I mean yeah. that made me really happy to hear that. Yeah. Made me happy too. <laughs> to hear it and to live it. And we know he enjoyed uh, his gift from last year because uh, he wore the same pajama bottoms uh, that we gave him as a gift oh, uh, when he came. By the came way, home last I was night. telling mom like the robe you guys got him last year. He literally just like barely. He he loves it. He's obsessed with it. I have to be like, 
hey, babe, like, do you think like we should <laughs> like, we should throw that in the wash? He's obsessed with it. Like he I'm does, so happy. never wants to take it off. So love it. The presents definitely resonated. Love it. What's your favorite Christmas memory from my childhood? <laughs> wow. Try to pick one. Oh my gosh. Or two. You can do two. How about that? I don't know. I, I think about an Easter memory uh, when I think of it. Well, we don't do an Easter spectacular, so yes. I guess you can share it. Go ahead. Well, it, it was so <laughs> cute because I don't know. I think you were like, really honestly don't know if you were two or three. You came downstairs and you walked in the, the room and there was, you know. I think I chasséed into the room to be exact. Yes. I've been taking dance classes at that point. Chassé is like a shuffle skip that they teach you in dance. You did chassé. So I chasséed into the room. Right. And then what and happened? And you said. Oh, wow. Look at all these baskets. You said, oh, the Easter bunny left these for me. Wasn't that nice of him? It was so cute in your sweet little voice. I just love that. And I'm trying to think of a Christmas. Would you have one, Mike? A Christmas? Uh, well, first of all, you know, Lauren uh, would always get up early, get very, very excited. And I know we had stayed up very late. <laughs> Wrapping gifts, so uh, we were a little bushed, and uh, you know, mom back at the time we had these big cameras that you have to mount on your shoulder to take <laughs> videos. You were, you were in charge of and, that, and uh, I was definitely in charge. And I had to start videoing from the minute she uh, left the top of the stairs, <laughs> came down the stairs, and started going to the tree and finding uh, all the gifts, both from Santa. And for mom and dad. Let's, let's pause for one second. So my mom, every single year, even to this day, even though now, if you have kids in the car, turn it off for a second because I'm going to say something that might ruin their Christmas. So go ahead, turn it off. <laughs> even once I found out Santa wasn't real, she, even since then, she's still every single year videotapes me at the top of the stairs, coming <laughs> down the stairs and walking into the Christmas presentation, the Christmas tree and seeing the Christmas tree and getting my initial reaction. So dad is describing. And to this day, we still have gifts wrapped by the spirit of Santa. <laughs> so I don't know if you know this is part of what I'll mom wanted to talk about. But even second. even after the main uh, <laughs> attraction of the gifts under the tree, there's always a few gifts that Santa left behind in various locations of the house. And uh, Lauren would go around and uh, find those different gifts that uh, got dropped off by Santa that uh, didn't. Didn't yeah. get placed under the tree. I think we've talked about this in Christmas years past, but that's one of the most creative, amazing things that my mom and dad ever did for me. They would drop presents in different areas. So we had a chimney that went down to the basement, which is really cool. So they would drop like a present down to the basement in that fireplace and be like, oh my gosh, Santa must have dropped this when he was coming down the <laughs> chimney. And then they drop like a present outside and be like, oh my gosh, Lauren, Santa must have dropped this outside. You got to go get it. So they really helped like up the illusion of Santa Claus. <laughs> that was probably one of my favorite childhood memories was getting to find those little presents like wherever Santa drop them quote unquote and, and mom would write out notes from santa claus as well yeah so, and yeah. she'd nibble the carrots and eat the cookies <laughs> <laughs> well that actually what you described mike and what you're talking about lauren that really was one of my favorite parts when i think back because i would love the look on your face like i was so excited the way like the presents were arranged and when you first came down and that's why like i'd start videotaping you as you walk down the stairs i'd say I'd yell up and say, Lauren, Santa was here. Oh, my gosh, Santa was here. And then I, you came and I said, okay. And then sometimes I'd make you wait until I got the camera ready. Like, I got to tape so that I I know, tape that your... actually really pissed me off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to tape you coming down the stairs and then or, or get Dad to tape Delayed you coming down the stairs. Delayed gratification was not something and, that uh, we and, liked doing. Um, no, and then, I'm not um, 
Yeah, and then it was fun to place some of the presents strategically, like at the bottom of the chimney in the basement or outside the front door or outside the back door or near the TV. And then, you know, I'd say, wow, Santa, he dropped these presents. And then now, of course, now that Santa is deceased, (laughs) Santa's not the same as it was when you were little. Now we have gifts from the spirit of Santa. So, yeah, explain how you thought of the spirit of Santa. Well, I mean, I didn't want to totally dismiss the idea of Santa Claus because, you know, there is a spirit of Santa Claus Mm -hmm. in the air for Christmas for kids and as adults. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to keep that alive. So I thought of, you know, Santa's spirit. So the spirit of Santa is how I now address some of the gifts. They come from the spirit of Santa, which is true. (laughs) So anyway. It still gives the joy from Santa. You know, mom and dad are sort of the the basic, uh, you know, necessities, and uh, Santa provides all the fun gifts. Yeah, that's true. I thought you were going to say when I got my Barbie Jeep. Because oh, that was so cute. We yes. watched a video for that last year. So my grandma and grandpa got me the Barbie Yes, Jeep. yes. But you watched me <laughs> learn how to speed up. and That's right. That's yeah. right. That's one thing I thought of. Then I went out of my mind. When you were talking, I did think of the Barbie Jeep. When you were putting it together that night and when you first got in it, you were so excited. And that did come from grandma and grandpa. They were so excited to get that for you. Yeah. But yeah, the Barbie Jeep, that is definitely one of my favorite memories. And then also, there was one Christmas when you kept asking me for an I Dream of Genie doll. Yes. And we talked about this last year, but it's worth repeating. Yeah. There were no I Dream of Genie dolls at the yeah. time. Like, I liked the show right before it became like really popular again. Obviously, it was popular when it first yeah. came out. But right before it became really popular again and like a big part of the zeitgeist. So I was like, Mom, I'd like an I Dream a Genie Barbie. And you were like, well, what if Santa can't make it? I'm like, Mom, it's Santa. He knows how to make everything. Don't worry. He's got elves. And you're like, okay. <laughs> so you stayed up all night from scratch, yeah. like making an outfit for a regular Barbie and creating an I Dream a Genie Barbie. And that's probably that along with when dad got me, he bought a co-hosting package for me to like co-host on the Mitch Album Show, which is a popular Detroit radio show. Those two things were the best presents I ever got because they came from the heart and they weren't easy to get. And it was like a show of belief in me in a way that just buying a present from the store never could be. Yeah. That was fun. That was really fun. Hashtag that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that was, I mean, I really wanted to get you the I Dream a Genie doll. So I, I got a Jasmine doll. Yeah. And um, what was your creative process? Explain. Yeah. And I wasn't much of a sewer, but I did. I used what I had and the material and I don't know, somehow I put it all together. And it looked great. And it wasn't quite right. I remember even thinking then, like, this isn't quite right, but it's still great. <laughs> it was really nice. It was you did amazing. A good job, Joanne. It was so sweet. And that's the most important thing. So I have a pretty interesting question for you. What is the most controversial Christmas opinion you have? And if you're confused about it or don't know where to go, I can go first. Yeah. um, Why don't you go first? (laughs) Okay. I'm really sorry to anyone who did this because I love you. And this is just something that is probably the Aquarius in me always having to be different and be a rebel. But I think getting engaged at Christmas is the most basic shit in the world. (laughs) (laughs) And I understand why people do it, okay? I get it because they're home, they're with their families, Mm -hmm. it's already a special time, you can propose in front of a beautiful tree, I get it, I feel it, it's just not something I would ever desire, and when I, especially, now that I'm in love, I feel a little bit differently, but when I wasn't in love, or when I was in a relationship that I knew wasn't going toward marriage, I was just like, ugh, all these people getting engaged at Christmas time, 
mm, wah, wah, how original. <laughs> I just don't think it's the most creative choice. But again, if you got engaged at Christmas, I'm happy for you and God bless you. <laughs> I don't know if I have a controversial, um, but I, I think, you know, for certain people, um, it can't be joy. It can't be happiness if there's something uh, sad that's happened in, in your life in, in that given year. And I can certainly understand um, why somebody uh, may not uh, want to enjoy the uh, spirit of Christmas uh, that so many other people who have, you know. It's not that they don't want to, it's they can't. Right. Yeah. Right. But again, I think uh, the commercial world makes everybody feel like they've got to, you know, be over the top, happy, joyful uh, during the holiday season. And, and I that's just don't just, think it works for everybody. And that's just because they're trying to make money. We have to recognize that feeds the system, you know. But I think the thing is that no one talks about, or not no one, I think less people talk about, is the holidays are part of the hardest time of year for a lot of people. For people who have tough relationships with their family, for people who have lost someone, for people who can't be with their family because of finances. There's a million reasons. But I know my therapist always says, December is her busiest month. And there's a reason for that. And it's because people start really going through it in this time. All their issues that they've had throughout the year come up and are kind of thrown in their face. And so if you're a person who is experiencing a hard time like that, our hearts are with you. We love you. And we lost my brother, my wonderful brother, Tony, earlier this year. And it's very difficult. You know, we all think of him all the time and miss him and it's uh, it's difficult this time of year. Yeah, it can be really hard depending on what your circumstances are. So if you're going through something like this, you know, our hearts are with you. We're wrapping our energetic arms around you and we acknowledge that this time of year, while it can be joyous for many, it can be hard for many as well. So we talked a lot about my childhood Christmas. Obviously, I've transitioned to adulthood recently. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do feel like I didn't feel like an adult until I was like 31, to be honest with you. Like that's when I was like, oh, okay, I'm an adult. I'm in charge of my life. Got it. Ready. Go. <laughs> but how do you feel like Christmas now compares to when I was little? First, I'll start with the similarities. You know, okay. the, the unadulterated, exuberant, pure joy of Christmas. Now, when you're a child, it's like pure joyful innocence and the belief in Santa Claus and what Santa was going to bring you in that, you know, hopefully you got all the things that, you know, you wanted from Santa and the excitement of watching you open your presents. But there's still that same excitement. I still get excited when I watch you open your presents <laughs> and you still have, you know, you still have that joy. It's not the, you know, childlike joyful, you know, um, exuberance, but it is still the, you know, that joy that you had as a child is still within you as the adult Lauren, you know, and sure thing, baby. And, you know, I just, and I always picture you as, you know, a <laughs> child, like opening your gifts or like when you used to pick up the microphone and start singing and, you know, it just, your pure joy is something that has, you know, it's still there from your childhood Christmas to your adult Christmas. So, I mean, and what was the question again? <laughs> How did it compare from oh, when she was little? So, of course, it was, I think it was fun and exciting and, you know, just new and fresh when you were a little, when you were a child. And now it's old and stale. No, and, and now it's it's still fun, but it, that some of that, you know, like exuberant, wow, Santa, that kind of joy is, you know, that was when you were little. But I don't know if I'm answering this question because I keep going on and on and on. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's been a four-minute answer. It's not really – I'm not really 
I'm not really able to express what I'm feeling inside, but I say there's there's mostly similarities, you know, as far as the joyfulness, but the the extreme utter pure joy of the child opening a gift, you know, as you as a child. It's not as exciting because I'm not three anymore, and but, I can't do anything about it. <laughs> but it's still Believe fun me, and I'm exciting. I, I still get excited for you to open your presents. That <laughs> I still have so much joy in watching you open your presents and Dad, just having you. Did you want to say well, something? Well, I, I, I think you know we had. Santa in his, you know, uh, in his full glory uh, when you were younger. So obviously you had the joy of mom and dad as well as Santa. And I think, you know, as a little girl, you just did really have full 100% joy in the whole Christmas morning occasion. Um, now you still have joy and you still enjoy it uh, just in a more mature adult way. And that's good too, because we all have fun and, you know, still like to recall all the, the great Christmases we've had over the years, but it's not quite the same amount of exuberance, but it's still a lot of fun. And we still really enjoy each other's company and Christmas morning is still very special. I wrote a song about it once. It's called um, like Christmas will never be the same or something like that. And the lyrics were, I keep waiting for it to feel like it did when I was 10, but I have to admit Christmas will never be the same again. And I think the problem is we become an adult and then we get so wrapped up in responsibilities and all the things we have to do and bills and work and all the roles we have in our lives that we don't even let ourselves enjoy the holiday season. I remember when I was little, Christmas felt so long. I remember the Christmas season felt like it sprawled across eons of time. And now it feels like you blink and it's over. And so I think it's up to us. Our responsibility as adults is to get as present as we can and to get back into that beginner mindset and childhood mindset that we had and try our best to feel it the way we did when we were kids. Like only we can be in control of that. So I think you and dad said it perfectly, concisely, clearly as you, you know, I couldn't have said it better. I mean, I could have said it much like I should have said it a lot better. If I would have said it the way you said it, the way Dad said it, I would have said it a lot better. Would you, the way you, the way you expressed it, the way you expressed it, the way Dad expressed it, is what I was trying to. The point I was trying to get okay, across. I think we all, at you, the end you, of the day, <laughs> did it beautifully, and we can move on now. Oh yeah, that sounds good. So, okay, this one I think can lead into something based on the experiences I've had in the past year. If you could spend the holidays in a foreign country, which one would you choose and why? Oh, for sure. Italy, Sicily. Yeah. Sicily. I'd, I'd love to go to Sicily for Christmas. I think it'd be so much fun. Me too. I'd love to spend Sicily and Christmas mm-hmm. one year with yep. our newfound family. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It would be uh, a real joy and uh, something that, you know, I, I give Lauren all the credit that she uh, created the pathway for us to yeah. re- reconnect with uh, our family that's been there for many, many years. And we just never made uh, the effort. And this summer, Lauren did something really spectacular and she was our goodwill ambassador, and she's opened up the, the door to a beautiful uh, opportunity for a fantastic family reunion. For those that don't know, I've, I mentioned this on the episode with Colin Bedell, a.k.a. Queer Cosmos. He's incredible. But this summer when I went to Italy and Sicily, I showed up on my dad's first cousin's front doorstep. I didn't know up until I left that we even had cousins there because my dad, for some reason, had never mentioned we had a first cousin. But I showed up. I said, hello, 
my name is Lauren LaGrasso and I think I'm your cousin. And they completely embraced us. We spent the next 24 hours together. We're mm. still to this day on WhatsApp together. You know, my one cousin, Sal, like it makes me cry to say it, but he said he had always dreamed to meet his family in America. And we were writing in Google Translate. So I would write in English and then it would translate it to Italian and they would write in Italian or translate to English. And he wrote, this moment has been awaited for 70 years. Aww. And so beautiful. So I wish we could be there with them this holiday or at least one holiday coming up because I've never I've never felt so seen and so loved and not having to prove anything. They just love me for who I was. Beautiful so people, beautiful, beautiful. We're people. all going to try and uh, get some uh, crash course in Italian <laughs> and uh, we're going to make a, a strong attempt. As a matter of fact, we're going to commit, I think, to yeah. uh, going to Sicily next year. And then maybe from there we can actually uh, plan uh, a holiday event. With that them. would be amazing to spend the holiday with them, with our cousins. We love you. Lagrasso's in Sicily. Love you. In love you. Sicilia. Okay, we're moving on, I should say, <laughs> from that beautiful emotional experience. If you had to live in a holiday movie, which one would you choose and why? If you had to live in a holiday movie. Oh, my gosh. Well, which one I, would I, I still choose? like uh, It's a Wonderful Life. I, I think I've said that before. Who do you want to be in um, that movie? Well, I think... <laughs> Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> I think everybody would like to, you know, reaffirm their value, their worth. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think the one thing that story tells me is that... Uh, we all have a lot of worth that sometimes we don't appreciate ourselves. And um, when others, you know, it's reflected back by how others feel about you. It's, it's just the most wonderful feeling in the world. And we don't always recognize that while we're here. Sometimes it comes after we're not here anymore. And, uh, and I think uh, both Lauren and, and Joanne do a very good job of appreciating people while they're in the here and now versus waiting until it's too late. I think it's so important to see people and to not just see them, but to say to people what you see. But I love that answer, Dad, because a big lesson I've learned in the past year of my life is like, I knew this before, but I didn't feel it. We're not what we do and we're not what we have. We're who we are. Like who you are is the best thing about you. It's not what you produce. It's not what, I mean, as much as I'm like unleash your inner creative, the show is really unleash your inner self, unleash your deepest, truest self. That's the gift you give to the world through your creativity. And what I love about that and about your answer is the movie really shows it's about who you are on the inside, not about what you have. And if you treat people well and you approach the world with kindness and love, you will get it back tenfold anyway. So you don't have to worry about that. I have to concur with both of you a thousand bazillion percent because it's true. If you approach the world with kindness and love, then... um it does always come back to you that way. So what movie would you choose, Mom? I guess I would choose the same one. It's a wonderful life. Would you say that's a ditto to that? I would say ditto. Ditto, ditto, <laughs> ditto. I'm trying to think. If I could pick a different answer, what would it be? What are some other Christmas movies? That's what I was trying to think of. Um, I don't really want to uh, do Home Alone. Well, That'd be a Oh, no. Scary. Home Alone would be awful. No, I don't if you ever a- left me Home Alone, I would <laughs> emancipate myself. <laughs> I don't know. What are some other Christmas movies? Because I can't really think of one. 34th Street, but who, maybe Lauren doesn't even know. Oh, yeah. that. Movie. Yes, I do. They yeah. did a recreation when I was little. Yeah. That one was pretty cool because the guy was Santa. But wasn't there like a divorce involved? That was really sad. Yeah, I don't want to. No, yeah, I can't was... deal with that. I have a family of three. I can't deal with a divorce. <laughs> I love Tim Allen. Santa the Santa Claus. Claus? Yeah, but then I don't want you to be Santa Claus. 
So no, I think if I was going to pick a, a movie besides It's a Wonderful Life, because It's a Wonderful Life is a great choice, probably the ideal choice. If I was going to pick one be, besides that, probably Love Actually, because it's all little oh, vignettes of people yes. and their experience of love, whatever their type of love is. I and I feel it. like I like to tell my story as a human as honestly and as vulnerably as I possibly can. And that movie, while corny in certain ways, also I feel like, told a lot of imperfect love stories and I think that's beautiful. So I would like to be in that one because it's like real life. Yeah, I, that's another great answer. Also concur, also ditto that I one. also ditto concur with that. Ditto, ditto, ditto. What are you letting go of this holiday season? Emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually? Well, I can think a lot of things I'd like to let go of. Hopefully, I don't know if I can let everything go. I mean, I'd like to. Okay, but do one. Um, no, I'd like to let go of, you know, fear and anxiety. I'd like mm. to let go of that for sure. And how are you working to try to do that? Um, <laughs> not at all. People at work used to call me Joanne Vincent Peel because I was always talking like and to Norman say who that Vincent, is. Norman Vincent Peel was the author of The Power of Positive Thinking. And I was always so positive about every single thing. And somehow, over the years, I've gotten less positive and been more worried and anxious and fearful about things. So I think I have to get back to that part of myself. And I think I am I had a little bit of a revelation a couple of weeks ago because I, I realized it's all in the way you think. So if you just change the way you think, then you can really make a huge difference in how you feel. Mm -hmm. I think changing the way you think, consciously working at it, maybe meditating. I, <laughs> I, it's hard for me to meditate, but I have to try to you know, do well, a little bit of guided that. Guided meditations are amazing because then you don't have to like be so much in your head. Yes. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, I was just going to say, I was going to, I want to let go of regrets. I want to feel that, I am doing the best I can on any issues That's that good. are, you know, confronting me right now. Um, and if it doesn't work out, it's not because I didn't try. I think that yeah. the, the only thing I regret is when I didn't try to do something better. But if I made the attempt and uh, doesn't work out for whatever reason, just consider it a maybe a temporary delay and eventually solving the problem, or maybe the problem just never going to solve itself and you just have to live with that. But don't have a regret over it just because you knew that you did all you can do. You controlled what you can control. Right. And also, I love the part you're talking about of like, don't engage in negative self-talk because it's usually not true. As long as you put yourself out there to the greatest extent you could, there's nothing that you should be beating yourself up over. I always think this too. It's like, you know, I did like a Instagram video on this once, but what if you just did the thing you wanted to do, but while you got there, you just didn't beat yourself up. Like you still did it because it's going to be hard to get there anyway. It's going to be hard to do the work you want to do and have to do in life. But what if on the way to doing that work, you just were kind to yourself and encouraging with yourself and treated yourself the way you would a little kid who was trying to achieve a goal? What if you could do that instead of being a drill sergeant to yourself? Right. That's no, great. Be kind to yourself. I love what you said, Mike, and what you said also, Lauren. Here I go again. Ditto, ditto. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just let you two answer the rest of the questions. I'll just ditto everything. No, I mean regrets because I seem to have always had regrets about, you know, many, most, most things that I do. And that is really not a good way to live. 
So I think that's a really great thing to work on. I mean, I feel like regrets can be a cop out sometimes mm-hmm. because then it keeps you thinking about the past instead of either learning from it and moving on or making a different choice or being kind to yourself and realizing you did the best you could at that time with the knowledge you had. And there are always going to be things that you would have wished you could handle differently. I mean, that's just part of life, but you have to be kind to your former self and loving of your former self and deeply forgive your former self for not having the knowledge or wherewithal that you do now. I think regrets take up a lot of mental space and um, I think you got to free up your mental space toward more positive things that uh, are going to give you more joy and satisfaction. Yeah. Very true. Love it. Okay, now something fun. Can we make up an impromptu Christmas song? Wow. Mm. We can try. Come on. It just doesn't have to be good. We can cut it if it's not good. What's the theme? Um, How about the Spirit of Santa? Spirit of Santa. A one, a two, a one, two, three. The spirit of Santa's coming down the street. The spirit of Santa, what a fancy treat. The spirit of Santa, he is so real. It's actually non-binary, don't you know, don't you feel? Spirit of Santa, here it is today. The spirit of Santa, festive in every way. The spirit of Santa, it will be a card that you get from your mom. Signed from the spirit of Santa, yeah. Yeah. That was good, Lauren. You are really on top of the lyrics. I'll well, you, you, but I mean, I couldn't have done it without my backup singers. Come on. Okay. Speaking of Santa, if there's one critique you could give to Santa, what would it be and why? I don't know. Just the first thing that came to mind when you said that was like, ho, 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 Merry Christmas. Well, you know what? Maybe you could vary that a little bit. It's, it's a, it, you know, instead of like, ho, 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 Merry Christmas, maybe you could say, Hey, or hey, 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 or hey, have a great Christmas, or hey, have a happy, happy Christmas, or hey, have a beautiful, peaceful Christmas. You know, just vary it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, just get a new catchphrase, Santa. Yeah, Don't be so I mean, basic. Yeah, basic. Like the whole ho ho is, it is getting a little old. No offense. Basically, you're asking Santa to unleash his inner creative with his sayings. Totally. Love that. Yes, totally. Don? Yes, Santa's been stuck in uh, that same ho 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 mode for a long time. Right. I think it's time to break out into something more 21st century. Right. Yeah. Totally. (laughs) Okay. Last year we talked about how much we think reindeer should be paid. But this year we're going for the really hard hitter. Who pays Santa, first of all? And how much do you think his salary should be? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I don't know. Who does pay Santa? Does Santa get paid? I mean, there's a few options from what I can see. Yeah. Either the taxpayers or God. Yeah. There's no one else who could fund that bill. Yeah. Jesus, maybe. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, if Santa's here on earth, then I guess it would have to be the taxpayers that would fund it. That would be a hefty salary. I mean, he's working hard. He literally hits Mm -hmm. billions of houses. I think the United Nations Intermonetary, International Monetary Fund. Yes, honey. Because that's a worldwide... Uh, yeah. you know, operation what Santa's doing for all the children in the world. So yes. I think I think it's a global um, endeavor. Okay, and yeah. what do you think his salary should be? Well, I think it should be a, a percentage of each country's GDP, which is General, gross domestic gross domestic product. How much is that approximately? I don't know. NATO gets two percent, so I think Santa should get. I don't know what. Uh, what do you think? Restate. NATO gets two. NATO gets two percent from all the participating countries to help defend um, all the countries that are part of the alliance, and so I think Santa is a very important, uh, you know, international effort. And I think uh, at least at least one percent of which. Sounds like a small number, but when you think that the United States economy is like $27 trillion a year, you know, that's, that's a pretty nice payday. I'm going to apply for being Santa Claus next year. I think <laughs> I have the potential to do it. I think I'd, I'd love that job, frankly. You'd be great at One that One night job. of work a year. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Giving everybody joy. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, Santa has my ideal dress for the job you want. You'll catch me in a red robe for the rest of the time. <laughs> But he spends all years making gifts, too. So that's true. Forget. But yeah. that's very chill. Work from home. Yep. <laughs> Love it. What are your top Christmas tips? Overarching Christmas tips or Christmas hacks? I mean, Mom, you give a lot of Christmas gifts. I always say, my mom meets you once. She's going to send you some Mrs. Printable's <laughs> apples. Like, that's just how she works. She's one of the most generous, most savvy gift givers I know. What's your tip for giving gifts to people? Like, what are some of the top gifts that you've given and how... How have they been received? And like, who gets a gift in your life? Well, my close friends, even like some of my close friends will say, we're not going to exchange gifts. Let's make that pact. So, you know, I I like to give gifts, you know, to show that I appreciate people and to show, you know, that I love people. Yeah, I do love giving Mrs. Printable's apples at Christmas time. It's healthy with the apple, yet (laughs) at the same time. It's got the chocolate and other, you know, delicious candies on. And for anyone that doesn't know, Mrs. Printable's apples are a deluxe candy apple. Basically, it's like caramel and then there's chocolate and swizzles and sprinkles and all kinds of things. Topping a delicious uh, apple. Sometimes sometimes they have nuts on them, too. Sometimes there's nuts. Yeah, sometimes there's nuts. So my mom, she gives those presents out a lot. and, And I'd say that Mrs. Printable apples might be your best holiday hack they're you know they're really if you they're find the right mrs now they're uh original Let's not get in the weeds yeah the original <laughs> mrs printables were the best and i think they're sort of um the company is sort of shying away from that but yeah they they um they always uh the the gift that gives throughout the holidays because you can have it you know 
you usually have several apples, so you can have <laughs> one a day, one a week, or, you know. One a year. One a year. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So, Dad, I know you're the king of rapping. Yes. That has been my uh, main role uh, pretty much since uh, we started buying gifts. What, what's your rapping technique, and how do you usually plan for Christmas? Uh, my rapping technique is, first of all, I'm very uh, symmetrical and neat. So um, I like, uh, you know, getting those gifts, you know, tightly wrapped. And I have a very uh, systematic way with my scissors and my my scotch tape and the, the bows and so on and so forth. But um, he's great at wrapping. He's really great at wrapping. That's just why one of my, I delegate all the wrapping to him what, I, because you're so great at it, Mike. One of my pet and peeves. I, that's what you, she says about him doing you, the dishes, you, too. You, yes. You far surpass me with the wrapping. You're much better at you're more succinct with the dishes. You like to just very succinctly place each piece of silverware in each space in the silverware drawer. Whereas I, because in view of efficiency and time management, I will put them in there, but not as you know succinctly as you do. Neatly. As neatly as you do. Dad, you're a precisionist. You are a precisionist. What I, what I like about wrapping is when I have time to do it right. And um, in the early stages, uh, my wrapping was uh, under tremendous time pressure because all the wrapping had to take place on Christmas night Eve. Of. You always and, would stay up uh, I'd, all I'd night. I'd stay up till 4, 4.30 in the morning because I was wrapping uh, both for Santa and myself. Yes. And ourselves. And uh, Yes, and I used that, to say... That was a little stressful. So I have asked, and I've gotten good cooperation, of being able to spread that out a little <laughs> more Joanne. since that time. There, sometimes you would do a little bit of a protest, though. I mean, you would... Oh, tell me about it. Yes. No, I mean, sometimes it'd be like three in the morning. You'd be, what was this demonstration I am not like? staying up any longer. I am going to bed now. This is... I've had it. Yeah. You should have given me these gifts a week ago. This is ridiculous. Well, I mean, so, can yeah. I give Dad a little credit here? Yes. He was setting a boundary. That was Absolutely. actually good mental health, Which, good self-care. I, and so I said, I understand. I, I understand. I get it. No problem. And then I would just stay up and wrap the rest so of the gifts. So that became the ad <laughs> of using bags so now bags about, are okay about, wait that's actually the best holiday tip that is a, yeah you know what like wrap one or two presents but if you've got kids or you're giving somebody a bunch of presents wrap a couple so that they can have the joy of unwrapping but the rest put it in a bag like you don't need to spend your whole life wrapping presents it all goes in the trash anyway that's true and the bags uh became a bigger and bigger part of our uh, Christmas tradition and uh, yeah. it seems like everybody's still happy with uh, the outcome of how Christmas turns so out. So happy because it's yeah. about the intention. It's about the like thoughtfulness of the gift. It's not about how it's wrapped and I think wrap a few presents. Oh, Mom, I'm so sorry. Am I boring you? She just yawned. <laughs> I haven't had much sleep the past few days, yeah, so she's famished right now. She's all she's had is three protein shakes I'm not, today. I'm not famished, but I'm just I'm a little exhausted. I'm That's, sorry. Don't be Apologies. sorry. It's okay. And by the way, and if you've heard this weird like their fridge is making a noise, there's no way of turning it off, and so we're just gonna have to deal with that today. But if you've been hearing that, that's why. No, I just think the bag is like probably one of the best holiday tips. Okay, so I wanna I wanna. Go to a segment that's become a beloved segment on this show, on this Unleashed Christmas Spectacular. Mom, the spotlight is on you for this one. So Uh-oh. do get a little revved up I got to revive myself Revive here. yourself. <laughs> okay, we're doing Mom Explains Movies. This is oh, one of my no. favorite moments of the year. Yeah, yes, abs- actually, yes. And you have to explain the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, geez, I haven't even seen it in a while. Yeah, okay. that's good. That makes it better because okay. you're going to explain it top to bottom. It's a Wonderful Life. Well... There's Jimmy Stewart, and there's his brother, 
and I think his brother was in the Air Force or the Army or something, and everybody was excited <laughs> to see him come back. And Jimmy Stewart stayed longer with the family business because Jimmy Stewart's brother was off doing his duty as, you know, an American. Thank you very much. And then, oh, then something else happened. I don't remember uh-huh. exactly what, but he was then going to go off and, you know, move. I think he was going to move away from town and live his own life and, you know, be famous or do whatever, whatever he was going to do. But then something else happened with his family, but I don't remember exactly what it was. And he had to end up staying there and taking care of the family business. And then he um, somehow he met Donna Reed and she really, you know, liked him and wanted to be with him, but he didn't really care that much about her. Well, at first he didn't care that much about her. And he was like, I'm getting, and I'm leaving this town. You know, I, I need to do my own thing. I need to find my own path. And anyway, to make a long story short, <laughs> he couldn't resist her charm and they fell in love and they got married. So he was still doing the family business, and there was um, what was that guy's name? That the Mr. Really, Potter. Mr. Potter was the bad guy in town. What and did he do that was so bad? He was just a mean son of a bitch. No he offense. was the he uh, was just... the town landlord. He pretty much owned all the real estate in town. And yeah. Gouged people. I think he for did that event. in the dream, though. And the dream that was a dream sequence. No, that was, no he that was, was a Mr. bad boy. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Dad, you're not supposed to get involved. No hints. No hints. No hints. Go ahead. Okay. So then, uh, let's see. Where was I at? So so Donna Reed and Jimmy, James Stewart, Jimmy Stewart, they got married. They had some children. They were running the business. And there was the uncle, Jimmy Stewart's uncle, used to take care of all the money. And they were doing really well. They were like making bundles of money. Mm, big bundles. Really happy and joyful. And everything was just, you know. Sublime. La, creme de la creme. Everything was just going, you know, hunky-dory. So anyway... The uncle, really cute little old guy, but, you know, not the brightest light on the tree. No offense. He wasn't thinking. (laughs) He wasn't, didn't have a lot of common sense. And so what happened was he was tricked into somehow, I think it was Mr. Potter's guys, because Mr. Potter tried, I know what it was. (laughs) Mr. Potter tried to get James, Jimmy Stewart. What's his name? James Stewart, Jimmy Stewart, whatever. George Bailey. No, George, well, okay, whatever, yeah, okay. Anyway, George Bailey. So so Mr. Potter is trying to get George Bailey to, I think, sell the company to him or something? Was it something like yeah, that? Yeah, something. He's trying to get him to sell the company, and he was going to give him money, you know, but really not really what it was worth. And Jimmy Stewart was like, no, I'm not selling out to you. I'm going to keep my scruples. And that same day, um, Mr. Potter sent somebody, and basically the uncle was making a depo- the uncle was making a deposit to the bank, and somehow he wasn't meticulous about you know where he was carrying the money, and I can't remember exactly what happened, but somehow the one of Mr. Potter's guys took the money, stole the money. And he oh, lost wow. all the money. Isn't that what happened? Something like that? Something like that. Something like that. So then all the money was gone. All these people that had been investing and depositing money uh-huh. in the bank, everything was gone. And Jimmy Stewart was just devastated, forlorn, hopeless. So now I don't know. Was We're this still a- in the first 15 minutes of the movie. <laughs> How are we going to get through this? Okay. So anyway, okay, I'll try to hurry it up here. Okay. No. Let, let me go. Okay. So anyway... He had a dream or something happened. I don't know. He, I think he had. I think he was dreaming. I don't know what happened. But he, anyway, he woke up and he was in Potterville, and Mr. Potter, Mr. Pot, what, what's the name? It's Pot, Mr. Pot, Potter. Mr. Potter. No, Potter, Mr. Pot, Mr. Pot had bought all, everything. Everything was Potterville Theater, Potterville Bank, Potterville this. He was in the bank and he had a drink from somebody, and and the drink 
I don't know what happened with the drink. It was probably spilled. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Anyway, for some reason, he ended up on the bridge. She just said, "This is it." You know, I'm. Oh, I know. In the dream, he never got married to Donna Reed. Oh, Donna Reed was a bachelorette, although they called her um, a maiden lady or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, Donna Reed. He he went back to the house where they lived in. It was a spooky old house that they renovated and made it nice. But anyway, he went back to that house. It was just still a spooky old house. No one was there. Yeah, oh, there was somebody else living there. Ooh. And then they didn't know, he didn't know anybody. Or I, was Donna Reed there? It, anyway, he did see Donna Reed. She didn't know who he was. She, he didn't know he, he, that she was his wife. Oh, he, she didn't know that he was her husband, rather. And then she got scared and she ran away and she accused him of trying to attack her. Anyway, he, nobody knew him because, oh, I know, I know what it was. Because he didn't exist. He didn't ex- I was just going to say that. He didn't exist in the dream. He did In this dream, he never existed because I know he, there was an angel, Clarence. The angel, he's you know because he said to him, he says I he said I wish I would have never existed, and he says what would have happened if you never existed? You saved your brother. His brother would have fallen through the ice and never become a war hero because Jimmy Stewart saved his brother when he fell through the ice, and so he wouldn't have been able to save his brother. And so many things, Donna Reed would have never gotten married. She would have been a bitter lady all through her life with no children and no husband. And you know, and in those days, oh, oh, oh. okay, just I just moved my mic. Sorry. Anyway, okay, so let's wrap it up. Okay, wrap it up. Wrap it up. Okay. And the moral so, of the story is no, just a second. You're I'm losing my train of thought now. Okay. So anyway, so he was on the bridge, ready to jump, and Clarence the Angel. I think he said something to him, and all of a sudden he realized, you know, oh, you know, I don't know what something happened. What happened? He so he, he realized he was dreaming, yeah. or he realized he was dreaming. He woke up and he said, "Oh my gosh, this is great! It's a wonderful life! It's a wonderful life!" He went around, you know, bringing joy to everyone. He got went back home, and when he got back home, you know, his little girl was singing on the piano, and there the bells kept ringing. And he said, "Every time a bell rings, this happened after though. Every time a bell rings, an angel gets their wings." And it was Clarence getting his wings because he helped Jimmy Stewart. But what happened was all the people from town came and dumped all their money so that he wouldn't get Stop arrested. Stop hitting the, the table, please. Because <laughs> I'm so excited about the story. <laughs> so all the people in the town, they came and dumped all their money on their you know table in their living room or wherever they were. And because it showed how much people loved him and, you know, how much joy and kindness he had brought to all of them. And they wanted to repay him by making sure that he had the money to make the deposit so that he wouldn't be accused of fraud or whatever. So anyway, everything turned out. It was a happy ending. And, and it's Clarence, a Clarence got his wings and the kids sang and the piano and daddy was happy with the kids, you know, and all daddy? that. Jimmy Stewart. I think that little girl who said, daddy... Daddy, an angel got his wings. Okay, can I read you? So that took about 10 minutes. Uh, this is the official synopsis. Gosh. George Bailey... I'm out of breath. <laughs> it was very good. George Bailey has so many problems and he's thinking about ending it all. And it's Christmas. As the angels discuss George, we see his life flash back. As George is about to jump from a bridge, he ends up rescuing his guardian angel, Clarence, who then shows George what his town would have looked like if he had never been there for all of his good deeds over the years. So really, it's a beautiful story. And with everything that's been in the news recently about suicide, it is like a great thing to remember that we have no idea the impact we're going to make because most of it isn't something that's tangible. It's not like every time you do a good deed, you get an award or you get you don't even get recognition often. But the good we do in the world and the love we put into the world is it's felt throughout all of humanity. 
And it is the most valuable thing we do. Again, who you are is the best thing about you. How you love is the best thing about you. So never for a second doubt your value and doubt your deservingness to be here and to take up space and how much we need you to be your full self and to love with your full heart. Amen. Beautifully said. Yep. That's beautifully said, Lauren. Okay, so we're going to wrap it out with some listener questions. We got some great ones. What traditions did you create as an adult slash what unique things did you do that wasn't already established in your family growing up? I think Lauren uh, has made a Christmas Eve, uh, what was it, the seven, seven? The Feast of the Seven, seven Fishes. Fishes. We're yeah. doing that this year. Which is, uh, I don't think we did that when you were, when you were young. Well, Grandma and Grandpa, we would go. We to did that house. a few times when we were young, but Grandma and Grandpa would do it. And then, for me, part of the thing I want to do is I think we lost a lot of our Italian culture through trying to assimilate into American culture. And so my goal is to reintroduce the culture that we once knew to the family. So, recreating the Feast of the Seven Fishes, we're doing that this year. Eight Introducing. Plant. The eggplant dish. Yeah, making eggplant, like bringing our family from Sicily into our lives. You know, my goal is to, yes, like embrace our American citizenship, but also embrace our heritage, our Italian heritage. Absolutely. Yep. Dad, do you have anything that you've created that you didn't have modeled for you? Well, I think we, you know, like I always try to create, you know, some sort of uh, event outside of the home, you know, whether it's uh, like this year we might go to the theater and see Les Miserables. You know, I like to do some nice things that are outside of the home um, that sort of bring uh, some additional, you know, joy to the Christmas season. Yeah. And for those that don't know, I, sh- I realize that maybe not everyone knows, Feast of the Seven Fishes is actually a traditional Italian-American thing. I don't even think it's traditional in Italy, but where you create, it's like, it's got something to do with this, the wise men that came and brought the presents to Jesus, but you make seven different individual fish dishes on Christmas Eve and serve those. So that's what we're doing. And I'm super excited about it. Okay. I have a question from Meredith. How do you prioritize joy in parenting? So not a specific Christmas question, but a parenting question. Just, just to see that, uh, in our case, our beautiful daughter, Lauren, is happy. You know, if she's uh, making progress toward, you know, what uh, brings her joy, you know, we want to support that any way we can. And that, to me, you know, the thing is to stay in constant communication so you've got a good handle on and what it what it takes to support her in that endeavor. So That's mm, beautiful. So, yeah, the overarching theme is just really seeing your child and knowing them so you can know how to best support them to be their full selves. Right. I concur with that. Ditto, but I, I Joanne's a ditto queen. Yeah. I just think you were so naturally joyful when you were growing up and still are. And so I think when you were growing up, especially in, and even now, we just try to, like dad said, support that and, you know, just love you and allow you to be yourself and to express yourself in your creativity. Mm. And just, I think if you show your child total and unconditional love, and like I said, just, you know, to allow the child to express themselves and to be themselves and, yeah, you know. Create a space where your children feel safe enough to be their full selves and to express their full selves. And that's how you, you prioritize joy, by creating joyful spaces and where there's enough room to be your full self right i love that okay this is the final question we're going to wrap with this this comes from your friend betsy baker 
Betsy. famed actress <laughs> and multi-passionate creative extraordinaire. She wants to know, and I actually don't know this myself, what was your first Christmas together and what was it like? Do you remember it? What do you recall? The first Christmas. When first... you were dating. Oh, when we were dating. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And then after you're married, maybe if we have time. I'm running late for my therapy appointment. <laughs> um, let's see. Well, let's see. Our first Christmas together. I'm sure you came over. I, I don't remember exactly. Do you remember? Do you remember? Did, Sounds... did we go to uh, one of my uh, Lincoln Christmas parties? At the well, time, it was, we did go was, to one of your Lincoln Christmas was, parties. Which Lincoln always, is a fan. Not Lincoln. Company, company, my dad. It was Cigna at the time. It was, Cigna. They, those were great Christmas parties because yeah. we your had a first... good time. We. Uh, Started dating uh, the day after Thanksgiving, so that was right in the holiday oh, so season. It was quick. So we uh, we went we yeah. went to uh, a couple Christmas parties together right away, and uh, that sort of got things kicked off in a nice I don't way. Remember if we Christmas? You have to come closer. Oh, to I don't night. remember if we celebrated Christmas together. I don't know if we actually yeah. celebrated Christmas Day together, but we celebrated the the holiday season together. Yes, and we he, he that company Cigna had fabulous. Oh, your boss then had yeah had really fabulous Christmas parties. And then just to move on to more personal things, like did you guys get each other gifts that year? Like it was very new in your relationship. So how did you approach that? Do you remember? I Mike? don't think the first year. I don't think we got each other gifts, gifts. But I do remember that you had a birthday in February, right after you know Christmas, obviously. <laughs> and um, I got you a clock radio, Ooh. and you were overwhelmed that I got you such an expensive gift. I do recall that. <laughs> and I was like, "Wow!" And it was like forty dollars or something at that time, <laughs> the clock radio. And I think. I don't know. I think it might have frightened you off a bit because you're like, wow, this girl's getting me a... a- it's only a few months. Dad, you were so squeamish in the beginning of your relationship. Yeah, I, was, I was a little slow. Someday we have to have a full relationship breakdown between these two because it's, yeah. it's amazing how far they've come. <laughs> <laughs> so do you remember your first married Christmas together? What was that like? I think we had a real nice uh, holiday. I think well, was- I yeah, we we went to you, we were at your family's for a while. We went to my we went, I think went to your family's on mm-hmm. Christmas Eve. Then we went to, went to my family's and then Christmas Day again. And wait, was I? No, I wasn't pregnant that Christmas. No, I was that would have been a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> they just got married in August. <laughs> yeah, we. Um, you might have oh, been getting pregnant soon. Yes, yes, I did. No, the, a few months that, after that, that, the though. following Christmas, our second Christmas together, I yeah. was pregnant with you and. I remember that. But we did, I think we had both your family and my family over to our house in West Bloomfield that Christmas. Yeah, I think so. Oh. Yes. so Very nice. Well, I like that that's a good little tip for anyone who's spending their first Christmas together that you can split up the holidays like that. Mm-hmm. One night, one place, one night, the other mm-hmm. place. Love it. All about the balance. Well, listen, we've gone way over. I love you both so much. Thank you for being on the third annual Unleash Christmas Spectacular. Are there any final thoughts you want to share with the listeners this holiday season? No, just want to wish everybody a very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year and enjoy the holiday season and hope 2023 is your best year yet. want to thank you, Lauren, for having us on. And we wish all your viewers a a Merry Christmas and a Happy and Healthy New Year. All my listeners. All your listeners. Viewers, yeah. (laughs) Listeners. (laughs) All right. Thank you for the questions. We love you. Thank you so much for being part of this Unleash Your Inner Creatives Christmas Spectacular. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to my parents for being on. It was a great, another memorable Unleash episode, Unleash Christmas Spectacular. Thanks to Rachel Fulton for editing this show. You can follow her at Rachel M. Fulton. 
Thank you to Liz Full for the show theme music. Follow her at Liz Full. And again, thank you. If you love this show, if it's meant something to you, be sure to send it to a friend. Podcasts are really spread and grow from person to person interaction. So you sending it to a friend is the most meaningful thing. Leave it a rating, leave it a review, follow the show. All these things make a big difference and really help the show grow. My wish for you this week is that you get to spend time with the people that are most meaningful to you. I love you and I believe in you. Merry Christmas and I'll be back with you in 2023.